0: Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm. I'm your host Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at EngageForGood.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and thirty day free trial at audibletrialcom forward slash radio. There's over one hundred eighty thousand titles for you to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio and get your free audiobook today. Single-use plastics have become a very visible target for sustainability advocates in the U.S., and the low-hanging fruit in the war against their usage are plastic straws. In July of 2018, Seattle was the largest city to ban their use, and several large companies, including Starbucks and McDonald's, followed suit. In this episode of Cause Talk Radio, I chat with Emma Rose, founder of Final Straw, to hear the story about why she decided to start a company that creates products to replace single-use plastics, starting with a reusable, collapsible metal straw, and how it all started with a mermaid beach cleanup and a Kickstarter campaign. We talk about non-consensual plastic and making it easy for people to adopt environmentally conscious behaviors, and how massive corporations paved the way for her company by barring the use of plastic straws starting in 2017. According to Emma, waste is simply a design flaw, and she's committed to making it fun and sexy to adopt reusables. We chat about what's in store for reusable products like Final Straw, and where the company is headed in 2020 and beyond.
1: Welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Hey, Megan. Thanks so much for having me.
0: What compelled you to start a reusable straw company?
1: (laughs) Well, I certainly never intended to be the straw lady, but that's kind of how it (laughs) it ended up. Um, I've been really interested in sustainability since college. Uh, I went to University of California, Santa Barbara. And when you're on a campus that's so close to the beach Mm -hmm. and then also just kind of partying like a maniac on the weekends, it, it didn't take long for me to kind of see this disconnect between the, you know, higher education I was seeking and then also the lifestyle I was living. And so, you know, I just started walking down the streets and there's like solo cups everywhere and like couches burning on the streets and like, (laughs) you know, it's, it's. Total pandemonium, and yet these are a group of people you know seeking higher education to impact the world in a positive way, so I felt this really big discord between what I was doing um you know to to make the world a better place and what I was actually doing in my daily life mm-hmm. and so um i I was talking about this with some girlfriends and and everyone agreed we're all you know avid outdoor enthusiasts and surfers and skiers and such and so. We're like, why don't we go do a beach cleanup? So we happened to have some mermaid outfits because, <laughs> you know, why, why not? Um, <laughs> and so we put them on and did a beach cleanup. And it was so fun. And people got really, really excited about it. And just like, you know, I mean, who doesn't love some mermaids on the beach? So um, we kind of kept doing that. And it ended up transforming into Save the Mermaid, which was a nonprofit that we started in college to do ocean education um, and after school programs for kids. Cool. Yeah, it was so fun. And it was when I realized that um, if you can put whatever voice you want to a project, and people will gravitate to that because it's authentic. So I was used to kind of hearing this rhetoric around, you know, single use plastic and environmental legislation and changes that needed to happen. that just bored me to tears. And it was like, okay, why? Why can't I put that in my own way? Dressed as a mermaid? And, and make it something that's compelling and exciting and engaging for others. So that's really the beginning of, of the, you know, fascination slash obsession with single use plastics. And then I was in Thailand traveling and, and there's, I just happened to, you know, be walking down beaches and there's just straws everywhere. And it just seemed like the craziest thing to be on these remote, beautiful beaches where they have no waste management infrastructure. And so I would collect them all and then the next day, go back out and collect them all again and just like kind of became fascinated with these weird plastic tubes that were just abundant and yet, you know, didn't serve an incredibly useful utility, um, for most people. And of course, you know, there is a disclaimer there that a lot of people do need straws to drink. And I think that's, that's a different topic, um, But what I'm more talking about is this kind of unconscious waste that we encounter on a daily basis. So I chose the straw, um, because it was easy because it's low hanging fruit because it's something that every single person has had an interaction with. And whether you want one or not, whether, you know, you request a straw or it's non consensual plastic, um, we all have had that moment where, you know, we don't ask for one, we get it. So um, that's kind of where the obsession began. And I I like to, you know, start with easy things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So (laughs) um, maybe you could describe what a final straw looks like for our listeners before we get too far into the episode. It's kind of a cool little thing.
1: Yeah. So it's a final straw is the world's first reusable collapsible straw that fits in your keychain. Um, it deploys like magic. It's basically a tent pole that you can suck out of and <laughs> it, it's about the size of a key fob. So it's really portable. And, you know, it's got this keychain attachment so you can bring it everywhere you go. Cause I think, you know, the thing that holds a lot of us back with, you know, bringing our reusable bags to the store is remembering. Exactly. So, you know, what can we do to make it as easy as possible for people to adopt these different behaviors?
0: So you started with a Kickstarter and you had a goal of raising $12,500 to create the final straw. You ended up with a little bit more than that. So what happened there? Yeah, so... (laughs) And when was this? What year was this? So
1: um, I started kind of working on this project in October of 2017. Um, I was working at Los Alamos National Laboratory at the time but uh, government work does not suit a mermaid. So (laughs) I was, I was pretty over it and, and looking for something different and kind of stumbled on this idea and, um, and started working on it just low key. And I was like, I'm going to move up to Whistler and be a ski bum and have this be like a side hustle. So I moved up to Canada and, and was working on this project and it just, I'm just obsessive and crazy. And so like, you know, it became all consuming and it's like, I didn't ski. I was just working all the time and, and, and really, you know, the, the, it just felt like um, everything was pushing for this to work. Um, Seattle banned straws in, or sorry, in January of 2018. And it just created this incredible cascade of of effects where, You had legislation spreading throughout the United States, banning single-use plastic straws, as well as massive corporate buy-ins. So you've got, you know, Ikea, Alaska Airlines, Marriott, Disney, all of these humongous corporations restricting straws. And this is all the while, there's not a single portable straw on the market. Like if you went online in any time before April of 2018 and looked for a portable straw, all you would find is a long metal glass um, or bamboo straw, and each has their own, you know, massive issues with it. You know, Starbucks had to recall 2.8 million straws due to, or metal straws due to mouth lacerations. So, oops. yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, oops. Uh, so, you know, there's just like, and I always had this like broken glass straw in my purse, and it was like shards everywhere. You oh, know, it's like, not, not ideal. Um, And so the idea was, you know, if, if we, The the best way to, or I used to think that the best way to get people to stop using single use plastic was just to restrict it and say, no, you can't use this anymore. And what I realized through this project is it's actually, you need to provide viable alternatives. And so that's really what my company is focused on now is looking at every bit of waste because waste is just a design flaw. And, and how can we redesign it in a way where people will actually incorporate these reusables into their lives and make it convenient and fun and sexy and badass to, to carry these items always.
0: What happened after that Kickstarter? Did you have, obviously you had a lot of, how much did you end up raising? First of all,
1: so we re- ended up raising $1.89 million. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It was, it was unreal. I mean, I, you know, I went into this project, um, definitely believing in it, but not having any idea. Um, how passionate the rest of the world was, and so it was. It was so affirming because working in sustainability can be really depressing. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are very apathetic and think that there's nothing that we can do. And and so you know, to put my heart and soul into a project and then have the world say yes, <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> um, you know, and then also that people care. And and so it was just, it was incredible. I I had a full you know, three day long, overwhelming adrenaline attack, I couldn't eat or sleep when the Kickstarter went live. It was, it was incredible. It was so, so cool. And I just it really kind of put this fire under me to to keep doing it to keep innovating to keep creating things that that can solve these kind of problems.
0: What are your favorite stories that you've heard about the final straw people using them or just interesting ways or just little things, anecdotes that you've heard that you love?
1: so many good ones like we just we have a um slack channel called funny customer comments uh-huh. and like <laughs> we'll post like these just like incredible stories that these like 5 year olds will write in about how their mom got them a final straw and they like took it to school but i think still to this day my favorite story is um someone at the UN told me that they met another person at the UN who had a final straw in Burkina Faso and wow. i was just like that, like, Because I see it, I can see where people have bought the straws, but to like actually hear that we're having a global impact like that... Is, and that it's being it's used. Just, yeah. 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 That's
0: yeah, very cool. It's, it was I crazy. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. My guest, Emma Rose, has a book recommendation for you called The Culture Code, The Secrets of Highly Successful Groups by Daniel Coyle. Emma says that when it comes to creating your first or your fifth company, creating culture can be like searching for a unicorn. You don't know exactly how to create it, how to harness it, or how to use it to your advantage. According to Emma, the Culture Code gives real-life examples of how to create culture in a team and provides concrete steps for implementing culture into a company. Emma says that this book revolutionized how she relates to her team, and she constantly finds herself going back to it for a refresher. You can download the culture code for free on Audible with your 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk Radio. I'm curious. I mean, you obviously had a personal relationship with straws. I think that like straw through the turtle's face photo that went around probably like contributed because everyone's like,
1: Um, but why
0: do you think consumer consciousness around plastics and in straws in particular, like what is it about straws and why, what was that tipping point around straws? I mean, you had your own tipping point, but like, how yeah. did the rest of the world also have the same tipping point around straws? Like now it's like, you know, dirty to use a straw and people, yeah. you know, even I'm mean, like yeah. my teenagers who are not conscious about anything except their own <laughs> appearance at this point are like, Mom, we need metal straws. I'm like,
1: who are you? I mean, it's amazing. Yes, I am getting you a metal yeah. straw, but who are you? Yeah. So what
0: is it? No, I
1: mean, you do not want to be a celebrity photograph with a plastic straw. That is going to really hurt your career. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I really think that it's just like the straw is kind of like the antithesis of waste. I I watch, I you know, I'm obsessive, as I said. And so I will go to a restaurant and I'll watch people get served a drink with a straw and they just take the straw out, put it down and drink. You know, especially guys like no, very few guys want to drink out of a straw for whatever reason. Um, you know, it's, it's become this like gendered item, but, um, (laughs) but so, you know, I, I think that it, for me, it was always about not consenting. You know, it's like, if, if you are gonna say, yes, I would like to use this piece of plastic that I will use for 60 seconds and throw away, at least make that your decision. So, you know, a lot of these straw bans aren't completely banning plastic straws. It's just banning, serving them, like, except for upon request. Um, and I, th- I think really it is just about that it's the lowest hanging fruit. You know, when you look at what are the other large contributors to single-use plastic waste, we've got bags, utensils to go containers, but those also serve like a really important utility, whereas a straw is just kind of like a nice to have, again, for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of was the easiest item to pick. And, you know, the, a lot of, uh, NGOs have been fighting the single use plastic bags, um, for like a decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what got me involved the, the with the mermaids. We were working in Santa Barbara to get single use plastic bags banned, but it's like people really love their bags. You know, it's like their God given right to bear bags. <laughs> so, um, it's true. but also it's like, you know, it's like the, the, 85 year old lady at city council is like, this is how I clean my kitty litter. And so, you know, a lot of them do serve the second purpose. Whereas like, you know, there's no one really like arguing using their straws. Yeah. And like, you know, but of course I have to just say that, you know, for people that need plastic straws, I do not think they should be restricted. Right. Um, And, you know, I, I would encourage those people to carry one with them, but also like, if they don't, they shouldn't be dinged for it or, you know. Uh, Talked badly
0: about uh, my only beef with a metal straw, and I do have one. I don't have a final straw. I have another one. um Is that I had a really hard time drinking a milkshake out of it? Like,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no. I mean, it's like you, you, we we make Sounds one like straw. A and- first world
0: problem here, Megan. Yeah,
1: it is, it is. But you know, <laughs> it's like we make one straw, and now everyone's like, "Where's my cocktail straw? Where's my boba straw?" And I'm like, "Oh, boba I'm not gonna, straw." Yeah, I'm not going to be a straw company. That. But I am working on a boba straw. <laughs> I refuse to make a cocktail straw um, because I just think they are the stupidest things ever.
0: Yeah, because yeah, what like is is it just? It's basically just like a little stirrer, right? Or like a like the skinny, teeny, tiny, wimpy yeah. thing? Yeah,
1: yeah, they seem. I I just. I won't. That's hilarious. I, I want to be solving problems. And I don't think the n- inability to stir your cocktail um, is really a problem. Yeah, worth I
0: agree. My I'm, time. I'm with you on that. <laughs> so do you think that straws will remain as top of mind as they have? Or are we going to move on to like Ziploc bags or something else that's...
1: You know, I certainly hope not. Um, I mean, I, I think that the straw is kind of this good induction into waste. And it's a good topic to get people thinking differently but we can't stop there um you know i think it's it is there is a lot of irony in what we're doing because a lot of times i'll see our customers post a photo of a final straw in a you know single-use plastic cup and it's like oh like yes (laughs) like you are (laughs) trying and and, and I, i condone all steps okay so like baby steps will get us there eventually but also like we can't be telling ourselves that like a straw is enough and that that is like an acceptable amount of behavior change to be living sustainably when, you know, we do need to go so much further. But, um, you know, you, you eat the elephant with one bite at a time. And so if we need to start somewhere that is easy for people to process and make that behavior change. Great. Let's start there and then keep building on that.
0: Yeah. And I do think it's going to have to be like you were saying earlier, you can't just say, don't do this. You have to give people an alternative or a way to change their behavior, whether it's even just an education or giving them a substitute. Um, So I'm curious to know, it sounded like you have bigger visions than just metal straws. Are you going to build an anti-plastics empire or what's, uh, what's the future hold for you, Emma?
1: Oh, the empire is in progress. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, for me, it's not just plastics. It's just all waste. Um, I, I obsessed with waste. I, I think that, um, there's a lot of confusion around plastics being the bad guy. Right. When it's, it's really like, you know, a paper bag uses five, four times as much resources, water, energy, fuel. Um, and to create than a plastic bag. Yes, it's end of life is biodegradable, but. Um, you know, it's, we still need to be thinking about these upstream materials that are used for this item. So for me, yes, it's, it's absolutely about that. It's about creating the infrastructure necessary. You know, um, here in the United States, we're so lucky that we have people come collect our trash at the end of the day. And that's just not true for the majority of the world. So, um, it's about kind of streamlining materials and doing the source reduction first, because I, I don't, ever want the focus to be on recycling. And like, you know, that's it's a lie. It's not happening. It's not an efficient system. We need to be focusing on the source reduction. And how do we minimize the materials that are going into waste? And then from there, how do we streamline those materials to create circularity in the system?
0: So uh, do you have a next step in mind for yourself and your uh, anti plastics anti-waste empire
1: that you can share? (laughs) Absolutely. So I mean, you know, the next year, we've got about four products that we're launching. Wow! Um, and the next, the next one I'm super excited about is called Final Fork, and it is a reusable collapsible fork that you can put on your keychain and bring everywhere you go. And it's it's going to be amazing because I think, um, you know, there's there's this niche of people who are these avid straw lovers, but the amount of people that are fork lovers is much higher.
0: I love that. Pretty soon we're gonna be like it. It reminds me of like the Girl Scouts with the mess kit. Like you have to bring your own mess kit and your own like silverware set. It was not collapsible. They were like horrendous and giant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna you're gonna have yeah, us walking the, around the joke with like is, canteen and mess kit. Pretty soon, yeah. Emma. I, can I mean, see the joke
1: it. is by the by the time you know finals done with you you'll have like a keychain, like a janitor, just like all the way across. Um, but yeah, you know, I think like, like the, what, where my brain goes is like, how do we make this convenient for people? And also like, it is this mega trend. Like it is now cool to care. And for whatever reason you're doing it, I don't really care if you're doing it to look cool or you're doing it because you care. It doesn't matter because it's, we're getting the same effect. And, and so we just need to continue innovating, making beautiful design. I mean, we want to be the apple of uh, silverware and, and reusables. <laughs> so, you know, just looking at everything they do because it is all marketing and it is all telling a story. And, and I think that if you can tell a story that resonates with others, they want to share it. And in this time where, where that is such a big part of our lives is sharing what we care about on social media... Um, we, we work on creating messaging that, that kind of hits each demographic because ultimately, like we all do care about the oceans. We all care about future generations. It's just, sometimes it's, it feels so overwhelming because the news are just like, the headlines are like, the world is going to hell in a headbasket. And you know, what we're trying to say is like, Hey, there, here are these things that you can do, um, to start and, and then see where it takes you from there.
0: Yeah, I love that. You're like the gateway—the gateway to more sustainable living. I love it, Emma. Um, Do you guys partner with any nonprofit
1: organizations? Yeah, so we're part of One Percent for the Planet, which is a a nonprofit started by Yvonne Chouinard, who started Patagonia. Yep. And basically, the the idea is we donate one percent of profits to um, nonprofits within the network. Um, I'm currently really focused on legislation. Um, we were kind of giving to other nonprofits, but now it's like I've realized that what the work that we're doing is this bottom-up change. But you know that that will not have long-lasting effect unless we change the laws top-down um, and start making companies responsible for the waste that they're producing. Uh, Coca Cola is the number one plastic polluter in the world, and guess what? Guess what kind of uh, consequences they face because they just fill the world with plastic.
0: Nothing. (laughs) Literally
1: literally nothing. Literally nothing. And it's it's crazy. They're making billions of dollars, and then you know we're having having to pay tax dollar money to clean up the beaches, to clean up you know the mess that they're making, and that that's not right. So I'm really focused on legislation around extended manufacturer responsibility, which basically holds companies responsible for the waste that they produce.
0: That's interesting. And we've definitely seen a shift. So our focus at Engage for Good is really consumer and employee engagement. So we don't tend to talk about supply chain stuff very often. However, with this plastics, you know, thing and the whole sustainability, you know, conversation it's moving now toward the consumer behavior and the consumer element and it's not it's not just that companies have to clean up their own mess although they do they also i mean the consumer usage piece of it is such a huge piece of it that they also like now consumers are looking at their companies that they're partnering with buying coke from or whomever and are saying well what are you doing and how are you helping me be a better consumer so there's really it's an interesting you know, kind of groundswell, if you will, I think, where more pressure is being put on companies to have consumers, like consumers understand, but they don't, to your point, I mean, some consumers are super consumers, and they understand how to be sustainable, but a lot of people just don't. They're used to doing what they're doing, you know, using their straws and their Ziploc bags and uh, single-use plastics all over the place, and they don't necessarily know anything different. So it's it's been interesting to me to see kind of like these little niches of um, companies helping consumers change their behavior.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, ultimately, you know, it's sustainability is such a complex issue. You know, I brought up the, the environmental impact of a paper versus plastic bag. Yeah. And it's like, it's so complex. And, you know, like paper is better than plastic in a lot of ways and plastic is better than paper in a lot of ways, but people don't really want to get down into the dirty details of all of that. They just want to know A is better than B which is why there's so much greenwashing out there. There's so many companies that just slap eco on something. And then all of a sudden it's, it's good for the earth when it's like, what does that mean? And like how many people are really digging down into the, the meaning of that? Um, You know, I think one of the most pre- prevalent bits of greenwashing right now is the recycling symbol. You know, we are allowed, people are allowed to put the recycling symbol on anything that could in theory be recycled. But like, just because it in theory could doesn't mean it is. Oh, and that's so there's, yeah, there's a huge amount of greenwashing happening with that because, you know, you see a recycling symbol on something. We've been trained since we were little babies to think, okay, now I'm going to be a good person because I love polar bears and I'm going to put it in the recycling bin. And then you get this like warm, fuzzy feeling of like, yeah, I did something good. But actually, it's, it's not true. Um, none of our recycling is, is getting recycled right now. China stopped taking all the recycling and we're sending it all to landfill. And yet we're still paying, you know, these these premiums on having the recycling facilities pick up all this stuff, sort it, and then you know, we just have these warehouses full of plastic with no viable um alternative for, for disposal.
0: Well, that's grim, but so true. So true. So uh where are you seeing to, to round us out today a little bit, where are you seeing pockets of hope, Emma? Like where can we hang our hats on a you know, a brighter, brighter future? Like where are the pockets of inspiration that you're personally seeing and you're excited about.
1: Yeah, and I I definitely don't think the future is grim. I I see change happening. Um I see a lot of people rallying around causes that are are for good. Um you know, certainly a lot of the legislation, California's got a couple bills, uh 1080 going up for vote in January around circular economy and extended manufacturing responsibility. So that's Really, where our focus is going to be, um, and I definitely encourage everyone to get involved in your local legislation. Um, you know, whether it's it's promoting a straw ban or something else, um, whatever is your passion. Um, we really do need uh, legislation to protect the Earth because, um, you know, with with the current corporate system of you know the bottom line being the most important thing, um, we're forgetting about communities and and our one planet. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, I think doing this work is, is way more, um, exciting than when I was working at the lab because at the lab, it was like, Whoa, this is really bad. Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) but now it's great because we have, we get so many messages and, and, you know, direct feedback from people saying like, Hey, this made me think differently about so much more. And that really is the point because, you know, the, the big critics of the straw, Uh, The straw bans are like, oh, like, you know, if you get rid of all the straws in the world, nothing will change. And it's like, yeah, I know. But like, (laughs) where would you prefer we start? Like, I'm sorry. Like, when was the last time you passed a bill? Exactly. You know, like, we have to start somewhere and we can't downplay the importance of small steps um, because they're leading to much bigger things. And they're leading to, you know, you don't just start thinking differently about a straw, you start thinking differently about everything in your life. And that's I mean, that's at least what happened to me. And and I've seen it happen to others. And I, I think that it's it's really spreading and it's it's such an exciting time to be in the straw business.
0: <laughs> that's awesome
1: Emma um, where can people find
0: you or final straw online if they would like to do that yeah so uh you can find final straw at
1: finalstraw.com. we're on instagram at final straw on facebook at suck responsibly if you like really silly memes check us out um that's my <laughs> my favorite thing um me personally my instagram's emma sirena um and yeah send me a message Love to
0: chat. Amazing. Thank you so much, Emma. And then we'll include all of those links in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com.
1: Thanks so much again for joining us, Emma. We will
0: look forward to uh seeing the final fork in 2020 and uh continuing the uh empire that is final straw.
1: Awesome, thanks Megan for having me.